Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come together in fellowship, Father. We pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father. We pray that your word will go forth and it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do. Father, we pray for open hearts and open minds as they hear your message, that it will be received. We give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so this guy got a big promotion, and he went into the office, and he brought in this sign. And it says, I'm the boss, and don't you forget it. And he hung it on the outside of his office. And he went about his day getting on everybody of how they should be doing their job better. So in the afternoon, he had the conference room full of people, and he was just browbeating them down, telling everybody what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And the secretary buzzed him and said, your wife's on the phone. He said, I don't have time to talk to her. She said, it's an emergency. And he said, y'all be, be quiet. Let me talk to her. So he hit the button and the phone said, she's, hello? Said, yeah. Have you seen my sign? <laughs> I tried my best, Crystal. I have a really good joke from this week that's been censored by about everybody I've told it to. Um, Anyway, so what we talked about last week was faith, right? Shock. And then we're going to talk about it some more this week because we didn't get anywhere close to being finished. You know, it, it, it's woven into the fiber of this church is the message of faith, right? I mean, Granddaddy did such a good job teaching and preaching on faith for years and years and years. And it's something that we have grown up on. And, and in fact, like, you know, most of the time, like when, when I'm meditating and, 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 and studying God's word and I, I get scriptures and then I have to go find those scriptures and look for them and memorize them and figure them out. These I don't have to because I already know, them, right? That, that without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? That, <clears throat> that we should know that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him right? That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All of those things, if, if you grew up here or you attended church here for any amount of time or a stump was pastor and you don't know those scriptures, I don't know what's wrong with you because you wasn't listening. But, but those are part of our lineage, our, our, our fabric of who we are as a church and, and really who we are as the body of Christ, right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So why would we want to be faithless? And, it, <clears throat> and I always am, am searching and looking for examples to, to use points to, to help everybody understand, to get it to a different level. And I thought about it this week. How about if faith was like a credit score? As long as you did good and you did well and you paid your bills on time and you didn't have too much debt, that your, your credit score went up. Faith is not like that. You can fail a hundred times and your credit score would be, I don't know, whatever the lowest it could be, maybe at a zero, I don't know. But in faith, you can fail over and over and over and then put your foot in the ground and stand up and say, I believe what God's word says is true. And that faith will grow back inside of you. It, it's not a, if we fall once, we fail forever. And, and I think we have a lot of folks who think that exact same thing, right? That they want to compare faith to a credit score. Well, you know, I was sick this time or somebody did this and I didn't have faith or 
I didn't live like I was supposed to, and I didn't have enough faith in God, and I depended on myself or whatever, and you feel like you've been painted into the corner, like it is impossible for me to have the faith that you're talking about because of how many times I have failed. They talk about like, and I don't know the number, I should have did it. I, I had this example in my head, and, and I forgot to look at the number. I think it's 437, but don't quote me. I think Edison failed to do the light bulb in this however many times, right? He failed on the light bulb however many times. And then he got the light bulb. And then everybody remembers him for the light bulb and nobody remembers him for the failing. Well, when we as Christians fail to step up in faith, God is not writing down marks. Well, you know, that's the third time Bill's failed in faith this week. I don't know if I can help him or not. That's not how it works. And faith comes by hearing. So if we are failing or if we're not stepping up or if we can't manage the faith, then there's an easy way to fix this. Sally said it's 2,774 failures in Edison. There you go. That's a few. I said 437. That was a good guess. Not really. If you fail, we feel like it hinders us from being successful in the future. But the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So if I'm failing in faith, i got to figure out where faith comes from. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So then if I am not being successful in my faith, maybe I haven't heard enough. Maybe I should be hearing more. I should be studying more. <clears throat> you know, when they taught about it in the New Testament, when they started talking about faith, it was a new concept. This is not something that they had had before. There was nothing that, that kind of um, had set a precedent in what was getting ready to happen, right? It, it, is, it is a new idea. But us, we... We know what God's word says. We know the times that people stepped out in faith and showed up and God did exactly what they needed. So, so we can talk about some of those today. <clears throat> and in the first one, and not the first one, but the first one we're going to talk about is in the gospel according to Mark. Mark don't get a lot of talking, but we're going to talk about Mark today. Um, gospel according to Mark, chapter 9. Oh, we'll start with 14, 9, 14. And we came to the other disciples. They saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as all of the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And he asked, what are you arguing about? And a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by his spirit that has robbed him of speech, that whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Now, Jesus was a little bit aggravated with them, right? 19, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you, and how long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Verse 20, so they brought... The boy, they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, he immediately threw the boy into a convulsion and fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? 
From childhood, he answered, it has thrown him, often thrown him into the fire or in the water to try to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help him. Now, I'm going to just tell you, this guy probably struggled a little bit with his faith, right? Number one, he had stood on faith because he got this kid up and walked him down the road to bring him to Jesus. That is a show of faith. But in the time to where it became where the rubber meets the road, as they say. Like when it, when it came time, he tried to hedge his bet, right? He didn't want to put himself out there. I don't want people to think bad about me. I don't want people to think that I'm crazy. I don't want people to think that I don't know what I'm talking about. And he said, but if you can do anything, take pity on us. And Jesus responded, if you can... If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. See, he understood walking up that I have faith right up until the time to where you needed the faith the most. And then he floundered just a little bit. He just, uh, um, well, if, maybe, can you possibly, Right? And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. So he said, help me with my unbelief. What happens? When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit and said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked and convulsed and left. If you can. See, that's where we get to the place to where I hear people say, I know God can. I know God can, but. I know God can heal me, but. I know God can deliver him, but. I know God can save me, but. If you, if you ever make that statement, right, stop at the beginning, Stop it just a, I know God can heal me. I know God can save me. Leave the butt out of it. Your butt don't belong in that statement. Keep your butt out of it, as they say. It's have faith in God and know that if he did it for them, he will do it for me. <clears throat> um... Flip to the, the book of James for just a second. We, we will go back and forth with Mark and James a couple times, I think, today, if I can keep it in order. Uh, James chapter 1. Um, verse 6. I got it scribbled through, but I think that's 6. Or maybe it's halfway through 5 anyway. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt in your mouth. But not doubt. Because the one who... Doubt is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Seven, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a man is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. So when you ask, believe. And I was getting ready to say a foolish thing, but how hard is that? Well, that actually 
it's probably the hardest thing that is done unto a Christian. Because it is, it is easy for the person who is not in whatever thing that's taking place to say, have faith in God and do not doubt, and you'll have exactly what you ask for while you are sick or while you are in need or while you are in struggles. It is so much more difficult to say and believe that and stand in that when I am sick or I am in trouble, right? Do you know that there are two kinds of faith, right? Sometimes you get healed on other people's faith and sometimes you get healed on your faith. It's always better to depend on your faith. Sometimes, like we were talking about Mr. Darrell, Mr. Darrell did not get healed on Darrell's faith. Darrell was not there. Darrell could not talk. He did not get healed on Darrell's faith. Now, he had opportunities to where he had a chance to waver later, and he stood strong in faith and was completely healed and delivered. But the instant that was taking place, it was not his faith. But it's always better to be on your faith. You know, there are a couple of places in the New Testament to talk about people getting healed, and we're going to talk about one with not your faith and one that is your faith. So turn with me to not your faith. Um, the book of Acts. <clears throat> uh, Acts chapter 3 uh, and verse 1. Uh, Acts 3, 1. And one day Peter and John were going to temple at a time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. Well, that was because they, they begged like this, right? They didn't, couldn't look him in the face. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple, walking and jumping and praising God. Now did this guy get healed by his faith? No. He was sitting on the ground, wanted some money to eat off of. That's it. He didn't come expecting to get healed. He had no really probably desire or belief that it was even possible to be healed. He didn't come there for healing. He came there for money. I need money where I can eat. Because my family does not support me as good as they should, and I can't work, so I'm begging for money. Peter's faith healed this guy. He reached down and he told him, I'm going to heal you in the name of Jesus. And the guy probably kind of looked at him like, cool story, bro. Still can't walk. So Peter reached down and grabbed him and picked him up. Right? That faith without corresponding actions is dead. Instead of just saying, in the name of Jesus, be healed and keep on walking. Peter said, no, I'm going to explain it to you. Get up and grabbed him and picked him up. That guy was healed. And then he went praising and leaping and, and, and praising God into the temple. Right? 
And then people started to recognize him, right? Isn't that the old bum that lays out there by the gate who always asks for money? Praising and worshiping God. Can you imagine not being able to come inside the church? You only got to sit outside on the stoop. Today would be a bad day to be outside on the stoop. You would need a wetsuit, right? <laughs> or a bathing suit at the minimum. And finally, he got an opportunity to come into the church, and he was picked up. He was healed on Peter's faith. A lot of times, you can be healed on somebody else's faith. You notice how they don't put any emphasis on what the beggar does here? There's no anything, comments, commentary on what the beggar does other than he celebrated the victory when he had it, right? He praised God and worshiped God for being healed. All right, let's look at the, the contrast of that. Back to Mark. <clears throat> Mark chapter 5. Whew, this is a long one. I'm going to read it as slow as I can. Follow along on the screen and help me help you help me. Um, we're going to start on the middle of 24. Well, 24. Mark 5, 24. So Jesus went with him. And a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet still grew no... Instead of growing better, she grew worse. <clears throat> when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Verse 38, because she had thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Or garment. 31, they answered, you see the people crowding around you, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your fate has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Whose faith? Your faith. It's different. <clears throat> and he called her daughter. Now, this woman was unclean and not allowed to be in public. Risk of being stoned being in public with the issue of blood for 12 years. She had not been accepted anywhere. And the answer to her was, Daughter, your faith has healed you. <clears throat> when we are facing situations that we are in, your faith is what drives you. Like I said, sometimes you can get healed by somebody else's faith. It happens. I mean, lots of times it happens. I, I prayed for folks, and they got healed, and, and the, the guy that worked with Sally, right, had COVID, was on a ventilator, was unconscious, would not wake up, couldn't talk, couldn't do anything. They had done wrote him off. He was going to die. It's over, finished. 
Sally called me and said, please go pray for him. Walked in. She had to text me his name when I walked in the door. I have no, I, I still couldn't tell you his name. Walked in, read it off my phone. Who are you here to see? This guy. Walked up there and laid hands on, well, first, <laughs> first, I felt kind of awkward laying hands on somebody that I didn't know had any idea what I was talking about. So as he was unconscious laying there, I ministered to him. I told him about these stories, about the times that people were healed, about the laying on the hands will heal the sick. We, we're going we're gonna to go through this. And so I ministered to him as he was unconscious, right? And prayed for him. <clears throat> and and I, I've told y'all this before, but I'm going to repeat myself. I hate doing that. But weeks later, no contact from anybody, didn't know anything, hadn't had an update, no idea. I get up, and I start getting ready for work. And, you know, I mean, I don't get dirty a lot, but sometimes I get dirty, right? So I don't wear the best clothes to work. I wear the not-so-good clothes. Crystal has it kind of like segregated out of these are okay to wear to work, and these are not okay to wear to work. And then these are to go somewhere else, right? So I started getting dressed, and I like put on my jeans, and I'm like, nope, not today. Took those jeans off and set them on my chair, which Crystal really loves when I just store clothes right there on my chair in my bedroom. She loves it. It is not necessary for it to go back where it belongs. It can just go on the chair. And was praying and, and said, uh, I'm going to the hospital in MUSC downtown. So I changed clothes and, and got dressed and drove to the hospital and Walked in the door, and there was a male nurse. I'd met him the first time. He was there again the second time. He was like, I'm so glad to see you. Okay, what's going on? Oh, they didn't call you? Mm, nobody called me. Well, he had been getting so much better, and then last night, all of a sudden, he had made a horrible turn for the worse, and we expected him to die. Oh, well, he's not going to do that today. So I walked in there and laid hands on him and prayed for him and ministered to him and Spent time with him and spent time in prayer with him, and he went back to work, right? He made it all the way from he's going to die to disability to, to not limited action to work. Still don't know his name. Did his faith heal him? Nope. That was supernatural. It's not my faith either. I just was being obedient. I was told. I was sent. And I showed up and did what I was supposed to do. Now look, <clears throat> I've had situations where I've been called and sent and did exactly the same thing and did not get the exact same outcome. And do I understand why that is? One happened and one did not. I do not. But I believe that by our faith we are healed and I don't understand the rest. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to pray for the sick and I'm going to lay hands on them and I'm going to expect him to recover and to be healed regardless of the outcome. That is not my job. My job is to lay hands on the sick and to preach the gospel and God's job is to do the rest of it. That ain't got nothing to do with me. And I, you know, that's the hard part about this, right? It's the hard part of who we are or why. I don't know why. I know that when I show up, I'm doing what God sent me to do. You know, that's, a, um, that's tough. I don't know if y'all have ever been faced with that. But when you have to drive an hour plus to go pray for somebody, 
it's a tough hour to drive. It, it's, uh, it wears on you. And it's probably because you're, you know, depending on something that you're going to say or you're going to do that's going to affect the outcome. And it's silly. It shouldn't be hard at all. You should be walking in there with lots of faith and knowing that God's word is true and that he does what he says he's going to do and it ain't got nothing to do with me. That, that kind of faith is tough, though. It is tough to show up and to walk into a room where people expect whatever. <clears throat> there are different kinds of faith. <clears throat> Yesterday, Philip and Caleb and I, with this impending storm, my camera was parked on the side of the yard, and I have a dead tree. I guess it was hit by lightning or whatever. And we decided we were going to cut said tree. And um, now we didn't have enough faith not to move the camper. We did, in fact, move the camper, right? Uh, and we cut the tree, and the tree didn't quite fall down. And then we decided we would cut the tree beside the tree. It was also dead. And while we are fighting this tree, Philip, I know that would have been the last one out of the three y'all have picked, but Philip said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to fall down. And I said, that's what I'm talking about, brother. Now keep pushing. I mean, but we fought this tree. I'm glad Mark and Daddy didn't see us doing what we were doing. Because at one point in time, the tree came off the stump and was still standing vertical. Uh, and, it, you know, it's only about 50 foot tall. So it was real wise what we were doing. But in the face sometimes of adversity, your faith comes bulging to the top, right? That, that seems to be the most fruitful kind of faith that I have. It is when it is, in, it is pressed, when Caroline and Savannah were little kids, and I, here again, you probably heard this too. When Caroline and Savannah were little kids, um, I mean little kids, Riley wasn't here yet. Mimi Rhoda had the house at the beach still, and we went like Memorial Day weekend, which in case you're wondering, is not a great time to go to Myrtle Beach as a whole. But anyway, we went to Myrtle Beach Memorial Day weekend, and Mimi Rhoda had this table, and it had long, sharp points on it. You could tell she didn't have little kids around because it looked like daggers of death. So the whole time we were there, we were keeping the little kids away from the coffee table. That's our whole goal. And of course, we didn't. And Caroline fell, and one of those points hit her right under the nose, and it busted her lip and busted her mouth. And I picked her up and started praying for her, and I covered her mouth with my left hand and started praying for her. And uh, she's screaming. And then I'm, so she's like muffled screaming like I'm trying to suffocate her, which made it worse. And then Crystal's screaming because Crystal thinks I'm also trying to suffocate the kid, which made it worse. And so it's really hard to pray, but I'm almost, by the time I got praying, I'm yelling praying because everybody is screaming, so I feel like I'm praying as well. So, and Crystal is trying to snatch the child out of my arms because I'm trying to suffocate her, I guess, I don't know. Um, so I finally finished praying and Crystal takes the kid from me and I'm standing there and I can just feel the Holy Spirit pouring over me. And I'm going to tell you, I had blood in the palm of my hand and Caroline had a red mark on her lip and a red mark on her mouth and she did not have an open wound. She was healed instantly. And in the middle of that chaos... Crystal figured out what had happened, and then she was really not okay. 
She was not okay with how I treated the kid. She was not okay that the kid wasn't bleeding. She was not okay, okay that I'm yelling and screaming, praying. I mean, it was, it was a, we had a disconnect there. And it got real quiet for a little while. And then she said, I don't understand what I just saw. Fair enough. God is still in the miracle business. And she was miraculously healed in my hands in the most chaotic moment probably that I've ever had with that kid, screaming and yelling and all the stuff. My faith in those situations, I feel like it rushes to the top. But here again, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, and I about wore out the back left pew in that building, and I about wore out the back left pew if you face that side. Same side, I sat in the same spot in this building, and all I had ever done my whole entire life is heard and heard and heard. When Sally was working on the title today, I said it's Faith Part 2, and Lane said it's really like Faith Part 872, which is probably true, right? But faith comes by hearing, and, he, and then he said, it's not a knock, we need to hear it, it's just the truth. You're right, it's the truth. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and I'm going to tell you, if God healed the guy outside of the gate at Beautiful, if God healed the lady with the issue of blood, if God healed Daryl, if God healed Caroline, if God healed the guy that works for Car with Crystal, Sally, he also will heal you. It is not a limited group. It is not one of those things, well, I wish I was in that group. No, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you're going to have. And that's the faith that he's given us. And it's the idea or the understanding to know that if he healed them, he'll heal me. Now, I, I keep going back to that, if I can... If I can, I created the universe. I was there when the world was formed. I died for your sins on the cross, and I poured my blood on the altar. If I can, then I am a God in the flesh. If I can, then I walked on the water and healed the sick, and the blind saw, and the lame walked, and the deaf heard. If I can, your Faith makes you whole. And so every time I get to praying about something and I feel like something's wrong, I always look at my side of the equation. Because God's part of the equation is true and taken care of. So if I'm praying for something and it ain't happening, then I am not worried about what God is doing. I am instantly worried about what Ravi is doing. And if you don't approach it in that manner, you probably should. According to my faith. If you can, yes, I can. According to your faith. So if it's faith comes by hearing, maybe it's not heard enough, maybe when we have unforgiveness, maybe we have unbelief, whatever. It ain't on God's side of the equation. I don't understand what happens and what don't happen. I'm telling you that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We pray that it will go out and it will not return void. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.